As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Sans Pants Radio. Why did the Clydesdale give the pony a glass of water? Because he was a small horse. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, just a quick heads up before we launch into the episode. Starting next Monday, the Movie Maintenance crew are bringing you a series of radio plays. Some of them you recognize from previous episodes. Like Dracula. Or Springsteen. Or pretty much any of them that aren't covered by copyright. Others will be original stories. We're aiming to bring you one new play every month, complete with professional actors and sound effects and stuff. Although the Dracula play still has me, so I'm sorry about that. So yeah, check out Movie Maintenance Presents starting next week. Also, a new web series produced by the Movie Maintenance crew, Bogan Book Club, has just launched on Sans Pants Cinemascope. It probably has roughly zero relevance to non-Australian audiences, but you get to see Handsome Tom's handsome face, so it's not a total write-off. Anyway, if none of that is of any interest to you, we're sorry, and uh, enjoy the episode. Welcome to another episode of Movie Maintenance, where some TV shows just need fixing. I'm Damien. I'm Gabe. And I'm Tom. This week, we're looking at Sherlock. Yeah, all right, Sherlock. Sherlock, yes. How do we feel? I mean, ultimately, I came into season four, right? You had already seen it, Gabe. Yes. And you had shown some disappointment in the series. Gabe doesn't do some. No. Or no. disappointment. No. It's more just, <laughs> it's just rage yeah. or erections for Gabe. Sometimes rage together. Rage erection. So, that's the scale. It's a stark binary, but I subscribe to it. Yeah, that's sure. fair. So I came in, I was pretty much like... No, no, I'm, I'm still going to have a good time at Sherlock. It's, it's the gang back together. We waited, what, a year and a, whatever fucking have along. Well, we had that really good um, abominable bride. I don't think the show really included that either. 
No, it like, no. didn't. No, it like, didn't. Definitely not. At the end of the Abominable Bride, the whole thing with Sherlock's like, I know what Moriarty's going to do next. It's like, cool, what's Moriarty going to do next? Opening scene. I don't know, but something. Literally, that was more... Well, yep. hang on, that was pretty much what he said, wasn't he? He was like, yeah. I don't know what, but it'll be something big. Right. No, no, the, the, the best part of that was it's like, Sherlock's on drugs again. Are you high? I'm high on life. <laughs> oh my God, shoot me in the face. <laughs> this theory about Stephen Moffat. I feel like he just, and I, I, I don't really consider myself a Moffat basher. You know, there are people who outright hate him. Sure. And make a career on like savaging him on Tumblr and whatever. But like, honestly, I think it's a, a career choice. What do you do with your life? Oh, I want to savage Moffat on Tumblr. Moffat on Tumblr. <laughs> oh, you're um, hired. No, but I, I legitimately think that Moffat is a very, very good writer. I think he does twists like no one else. Yep. I think he's very, very clever in how he constructs his stories. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, if I, when I try to get people into Doctor Who, Blink is the first episode I will direct anyone to, followed closely by probably The Girl in the Fireplace, like which are classic Moffat episodes. Mm. The thing with Moffat, though, is. He hits on a good twist and, and then, then he doesn't let go. He's somebody who really needs to learn that the audience are idiots and they don't know what they want because yep. the moment he does something that gets received well, he just bombards you with it. And I mean, like, honestly, I think, I mean, Coupling is probably the funniest sitcom of all time. And that was him. Oh, that's a stretch. It's, but it's I'll very, let it... very funny. It's mm. all right. It's not the funniest of all time. <laughs> but I can't think of much that I've laughed at uh, more than I have in Coupling. Parks and Rec. Parks I'm and looking at demo. Anyway, irrelevant. Season two, one and two of Sherlock were both great. Give or take the middle episodes. And then season three kind of started and it was just immediately like they were pandering to the fandoms and particularly mm. to the whole Tumblr fandoms. Mm. Like these are all the different versions. Here's one where Sherlock gets with Molly. Here's one where Sherlock gets with Moriarty. Yeah. Here's like the whole best man episode, which is just Sherlock and John, like, you know, material for Sherlock and John shippers for an hour and a half. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. It's just, it's so pandering. And the abominable bride for me was the absolute nadir of the show. And totally like, like season three, I was like, you can come back from season three. Yeah. Abominable Bride, I was like, I no longer take this show seriously. No. Because the whole thing I've written like, enough stories to know when I'm in one. Oh, my God, oh that... God. Oh, God. And just jump off the waterfall. And <laughs> jump off. Jump and off. Like, have the heroic music as you're falling down. And then it was all a dream. And, and here's Moffat being like, oh, I get bashed for not writing women good. I'm going to make a thing that's all about feminism, but not, not good. Like you or, took or so not much delight about in feminism. all the sexist no. jokes, and yeah. then you were like, "Oh, but women deserve equality too," and that's what this is all right. about the whole time. And it's like, what? what? No, what? it's what? it's uh, it's. Like, oh, I, I get bashed for feminism, so I make the women the Ku Klux Klan right. of Victorian <laughs> era London. <laughs> what the? Just, that, that'll 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 help my image Look, problem. It, Anyway, it but like Abominable Bride, I got the end of it, and I was like, "Fuck this show! Fuck this show! So fucking hard! Let, just drop Moriarty." Please, like, what was so good about the ending of season two is the fact that we were he all died. like, Moriarty's going to stick yeah. around, yeah. and then he was just dead. And yep. it was like, and I remember thinking, holy fuck, you've blown your Moriarty load mm. now, yeah. six episodes in, where the fuck are you going to go from here? Not far. No, <laughs> no they went, he, Even oh, season Moriarty. four, he's still dead, and the whole thing is, He turns his up last in just about thing? every episode. It is, it is honestly ridiculous was that he, he shows t- up at all. Was it you who was telling me that since his death, he's appeared in like every episode but like two? He Okay, so in the first episode of season three, he appeared in the whole what if it happened like this. Yep, bit, yeah, right. right. I don't think he was in the second No, he's episode. not in the second episode. No. He was in the third one with the Did You Miss Me? And he was in Sherlock's Mind Palace when yes. Sherlock got shot by Mary. Yep. He was in The Abominable Bride quite heavily. Yep. He was in... I'm pretty sure he was in the first nah, episode. he's before. mentioned. You don't actually uh, see like him. They talk about... Because the whole thing is what's his post-humorous move going to be? Who cares? He's dead. Like, why the fuck does he even and have also, a post-humorous And also, can I just move? say, like, when we got into season four, what was his posthumous move? He didn't have one. What was it? It was like, uh, I'm going to no, go guys, and, like, uh, touch up I, I think you will find uh, he built a maze with Sherlock's sister that completely invalidates 
his end game plan in uh, season two. The last episode of season four and having Moriarty have this weird... Having Sherlock have a sister for a start is fucking dumb as well, so shit. Why is the final you. episode a Saw movie? Oh, like it, was, it was completely it was, a Saw movie. Yeah. It was completely and a Saw movie. I, like, here's the next room with this psychological trap that will fuck you up. Here's yep. the next one. Here's the, incomplete with like also, the tapes. Totally, totally innocent people died. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, and there were no consequences for that. No. And the fact that the, the end thing that got them out of it was Sherlock going, I'm going to shoot myself. Okay, you know she wants you alive. Do that right from the start. Because that's clearly that's how you get your power back in that situation. What what annoyed me was that the bit that snapped Sherlock wasn't when a grown man shot himself in the head, wasn't when three people died instead of one, was when they gave him an empty coffin that was Molly Hooper. <laughs> and then I'm so him. angry. No, no, you're not angry. And but, then also, oh, but Tom, the theatrical way he smashed apart a coffin. I, I particularly um, love the slow motion. Oh yeah, and the silence is, as he was screaming. Is uh is also is. Sherlock's sister, not I'm going to attempt to say her name because it's dumb. Euros? No. Euros? What? The East Wind. The East Wind. I'm, I'm, Let's I'm, just call her the East Wind. I'm about to go Rogue One on your ass in a minute. <laughs> Except we agree. So, <laughs> I know. So what's even that even more like? concerning for you. But is she insane? So is she like an evil person who is also crazy and has a split personality that's a 10-year-old girl on an aeroplane? Y- yes. I guess. Yes. Just, just, just. What would make that episode better if there was literally a girl on a plane instead right. of, oh, the 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 way I'm going to solve this is that my sister's in our house and she she just wants someone to play with her. Why the fuck do you have a sister? Right. Why the, the fuck? Oh my also, god, the it's whole thing was so like, dumb. Oh yeah. So Sherlock just happened to forget about it and block it all off because his dog died. Right. Okay. I'm pretty sure like no, it wasn't his dog. Dogs. It was his best mate. mate. Oh fuck, that's right. A little redhead. See, kid. I've already forgotten. But even that, he forgot. It, it felt like a soap opera. I'm like, this is a fuck. This it, is a storyline from a soap opera. And also, like, just I'm sorry, so sh- it, can we go uh, back to solving mysteries right. instead of like it's believe, the first believable mystery was a spy thing, like a globe-trotting spy thing with Mary. Yeah. The third episode was a globe-trotting spy thing. Most of season three was either like the whole best man episode nah. or like a terrorist see, cell under London. See, the, the issue, the issue with season four for me is that it completely either rehashes beats they've already done or invalidates yeah. stuff they've already done. So. It felt final, like fan fiction. Yeah, the final episode completely makes the whole Moriarty's plan in in the final episode of season two yeah. irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. If, if he knew that he was going to die, well, then why why go Sherlock into killing himself? Because you know he's going to live and eventually track down his sister, and so that's dumb. Yep. So already, once you start thinking about it, you get you get tired. The first episode. They literally take the same beat they did with Mary, which was slightly interesting when they did it the first yeah, time. Yeah. And they just retread it. It's exactly the same thing. She keeps a secret about her past from John. She tries to run away. John and Sherlock track her down. She spills her guts to Sherlock, and Sherlock mm. reveals actually John's in the room as well. Yeah. Mary's heartbroken. That's exactly the beat they did in the episode you find that she's a hitman yeah. at the end of season two three. episodes later. I mean, I know it's like two years later, mm. but really, if people are binge watching this, that's. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, correct. Episode two of season four. I can't even remember while I'm talking about it right now. (laughs) It was the one with the serial killer, Colbert and Smith. Yeah, the whole Jimmy Savile thing. Oh, like Jimmy Savile, which was, which I have to say was the 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 only good thing of that was it was a genuine mystery. Yeah, I think that was that was the closest return to form. Yeah, still still not great. No, and the only the only issue was return go to hell, Sherlock. 
and he's meant to literally torture him. And, like, and also on that, the posthumous Mary like, video. How many how many posthumous Mary videos she does she leave? And they're all like Sherlock <laughs> and John, Sherlock yeah. and John, Sherlock and John. What about I don't know your child, right? Or maybe one exclusively well, it, for like, John. You know, it's been said over and over again ad nauseum. But like, sure. why? What is this thing with this show where all anybody cares about in this universe mm. is Sherlock and John? Yeah. That's all anybody seems to give a shit about. Yep. Everybody's completely fixated on them. None of the characters seem to have lives outside no. these two characters yeah. or wondering what these two characters are doing we- or worrying about these two characters. And that's this very Moffat thing where he takes this, like, this central character who's like a bit eccentric, a bit interesting, and it comes back to that whole thing where he sees something people like and he just doubles down Does on it. it again and, and he realizes, okay, cool, Sherlock and the Doctor are both kind of these cult heroes. So they become cult heroes in the worlds of the show as well. Doctor yep. Who's the same. Under Moffat, all anybody in that universe gives a shit about is the Doctor. Yeah. And, you know, that wasn't necessarily the case early on. Same with Sherlock. Like, Sherlock was kind of this annoyance to most mm. of the characters in the show, except for John. By the time you get to the end of season, even the end of season two, it's like Lestrade, who didn't really like Sherlock, who give a shit mm. about him, suddenly is like, I want to know what Sherlock's doing. All I care about is Sherlock. We're all still, like, obsessed with him two years after yeah. he died and all of this. And then there's all these, like, weird, cringeworthy fan wank moments, like when Sherlock gets on the boat at the end of the season four, and he's like, and they're like, Sherlock Holmes, the detective? And he's like, no, the pirates. Oh and there's that, I was like, he, all of a sudden, he was a fucking superhero. He had literally the fly down moment with his mm. with his coat oh, behind it's, him. It's mm. it just, and that's mm. that to me. That's the issue for this whole season four. Same with the Abominable Bride and a bit of season three. Is it just when every character becomes a fucking superhero? Like Mrs. Mike Hudson Rock, as well. Mrs. Hudson. Can I say about to say the only character that has a life outside of Sherlock is Mrs. Hudson, but her life is like. She's a drug dealer or something. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just her husband. It's, was? Speaking of where they go too far with like your central character, mm. for me, the biggest sin, even though they, they partially redeemed it, the biggest sin of season four was making John Watson an asshole. Yeah. At no point, because John Watson is the human part of Sherlock. When he like at no point should I feel more empathy for Sherlock than I should for John Watson. Sure. When they intimated that he cheated on his wife, mm. I was like no. But also, no. why? Like, what? Yeah. And then, and then to go it. with, okay, if you're going to go down that road, then make him cheat on his wife. Don't, I never did anything about mm. it, though. Then what was the point? And then, and the whole thing, even episode two, which again, was, was it was, it was a dick tease for the audience. The that was the point. thing yeah. with like John imagining Mary and her like talking the room and everything. Oh my God. Okay, I, that's a real thing that irritates me is like when you kill off a character, kill them off. Kill them off yep. and don't bring them back. Because the thing about death in real life is when somebody dies, the most upsetting thing about somebody's death is that they're no longer there. Yeah, it is and finite. you feel the vacuum of this person is not here anymore. When you kill a character off and then you perpetually bring them back, be it in flashbacks or in the character's head or in whatever form, what's the point? They yeah. might as well never have gone in yeah. fiction because, yeah. you know, Mary's just there. We still feel her presence. We don't have a chance to miss her. Mm. And so, and I'm talking about audience members who, you know, might've been especially attached to Mary. I wasn't really when she died. I was no. like, yeah, okay, sure. I liked but, Mary before she was a spy. Yeah, me too. Because again, all of a sudden you take an ordinary person and making them a superhero. Yeah. Fuck that. If you're going to make Mary a spy, though, you need to do it once. You don't rehash the same story beat. I, I generally times. don't think it ne- was needed at all. I think she was a regular person who could match wits with Sherlock and Watson, and that made her awesome. Yeah. 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 Again, it's it's very interesting. We talk about Moffat and the, the shit that he cops for his treatment of women on screen. Mm. The only character that can keep up with Sherlock, who's a woman, is either like an evil genius like Irene Adler yeah. or, or a super spy. Right. Or a drug-dealing old lady because not even Molly can keep up with him. No. Yeah. Or his evil wind sister. Well, even the sister. So to talk about Moffat and women, he literally had this stereotypical psychopathic woman who just wants the attention of men. 
Like yeah, that's, that's literally that's what she's begging for. All of, and all of them, like Adler sort of, Adler had that. Like yeah. she was just. Uh, Adler had the great thing where she was a lesbian until she met Sherlock. <laughs> yeah, that's right, isn't it? Because <laughs> the whole thing was she's like, oh yeah, like she's, or, or not a lesbian necessarily, but that she's bisexual. Sure. She meets Sherlock and she's like, oh, fuck women. I'm Moffat's in her. Got this, but Moffat has this really weird obsession with bisexual women. Mm. Almost every, I'm pretty sure every female character Moffat has ever written alludes to like either being bisexual or having a bisexual phase. Clara and Doctor Who did it. River Song did it. Oh, fuck who else? The the lesbian Silurian girl and her Jenny and Doctor Who. Irene Adler. Eurus alludes to it as well. Yeah, she does too, doesn't she? Yep. It's just this weird obsession it's, he has with- Do you know what he is? He's a 14-year-old boy playing The Sims for the first time and you just make all the female characters lesbians <laughs> yes. so you can have the girls having sex. Well, I mean, have you seen the- um, Have either of you seen Coupling or much of it? No, not no. really. So one, not the, a lot of it. The classic episode of Coupling I always point people to, which is, is really funny, but then you look at it in context of Moffat's later work and suddenly it makes a whole lot more sense, <laughs> is um, this episode where the main character, Steve, who's obviously meant to be Moffat, he, he actually is meant to be like Moffat. He's literally called okay. Steve. He's called Steve. And Fuck, he's that's a television even ma- writer. Like he's, wow. Yeah. Okay. But Moffat is open. He's like, Coupling is basically- my relationship with my wife yeah. and yeah. basically every episode does his wife like, hate it? I'm kidding <laughs> maybe I'm not kidding basically the whole thing in this episode is that Steve has this whole awkward thing where he leaves a porno in the uh, video player and the next day he goes in there and the porno has been taken out of the video player and put on top of it and he's like fuck my girlfriend found it and the whole episode is like waiting for the bomb to drop of when is she going to confront him about it mm-hmm. and the porno like is like obviously and Moffat said it's like oh it was just the most naughty thing I could think of it's called Lesbian Spank Inferno oh my and the whole episode oh, is Steve. about just as many excuses to say lesbian spank inferno as possible. Wow. It, yeah. It really Just, do you reckon Moffat was dumped by, like, dated a girl or was interested in a girl who he then discovered was a lesbian? That happens in coupling <clears throat> to his character. His ex-girlfriend is a lesbian. I'm going to say yes. Yes. Wow. Yep. Wow. Or leaves him for a girl. So it's been a long time since I watched mm. coupling. Anyway, a lot of lesbians in coupling too. He just is an interesting... Also... The only character who calls Sherlock out on his bullshit is yeah. absent from most of the later season, and that's the other detective oh, yeah. with the frizzy yeah. hair. Yep. I can't remember her name at all, but she's the one who first accuses him of being oh, a psychopath. No, mate, mate, we can't be having agency in Sherlock <laughs> for any character who isn't Sherlock. No, correct. It's just Well, other the other agent who originally despised him ends up falling in love with him, basically. Yeah, like, I'm literally becoming Anderson. obsessed with him. Anderson, that's the one, yeah. See, again, you watch, you watch the first two seasons of Sherlock, in particular the first season... Mm. And then, look, Sherlock for the first two seasons was brilliant. It did some yep. really cool stuff. It recreated some like, iconic characters in a contextual setting. Yes. Having Moriarty as just a madman and yep. not crotchety old scientist, mm. brilliant. Yep. Having all of these different elements and Sherlock obsessed with Twitter and the internet, brilliant. Yeah. It then up season two, season one, I don't know how big it was up season one, I think reasonably. Pretty season big. two, yeah. it really took off. Yeah. So by the time it hits season three, which is it, it has started to crawl so far up its own asshole that yep. you can't see the show anymore. It's just, exactly. it's just in jokes. Sherlock one and two work because yes, there is a a through line through all of them. Mm. But I could show you the Hound of the Baskervilles episode before I showed you any other episode of Sherlock, yep. and you'd be able to watch you'd it. Love it, yeah. You can't do that anymore. No, every episode is yep. yes. The previous episodes were always linked, but not to such an extent no. they are now. That's it. And to me, that's the thing. There's there's two problems. One, the show was really good. Mm. That's like that's why we're all getting so worked up is because it was a genuinely good show that you ruined. How did they ruin it? Like Basically, the worst thing you can do is make a character act out of what you've set up that character to be. Yep. This show has acted out of how you set up the show to be because it's just gone way too big. Like every character, every scenario where the start, like I don't even like that he's famous. 
I don't. Re- as no, soon as he became it, famous, I'm like, uh, does he need that? Well, it, it it tied in nicely with the actual episode where he starts becoming famous, the, the Reichenbach sure. War, where where Moriarty uses his fame against him. Yeah. But I think if he comes back, then make him infamous. Yeah. If yeah. Moriarty set up that he's a piece of shit. When he comes back, people are like, nah, you're a piece of shit. I, I, I do feel like, just, just before we get into Damo's take, sure. um, because I've, we've been going on about this for a while, but um, but I do- There's a lot to go on about, There's a, there a lot to, go, lot to go, go on about. I do feel like though there was this there was this weird thing where it's like, again, it's, again coming back to Moffat's whole, I can't let go of a good thing. Hmm. With Moriarty, it was like, you know, the first six episodes, everyone was kind of a standalone mystery, although the Irene Adler stuff did sort of dovetail with Moriarty a bit. But I mean, the, basically the great game and the Reichenbach fall were sort of- Two parts of the bigger Moriarty story. Otherwise, they were standalone mysteries. Even the They're, even the first episode of season two has that yeah th- three minute clip at the start where you jump back into the pool exactly, again. and yeah. then the rest of it is completely its own thing. I feel like ever since then, Moffat's become really, and I think Doctor Who suffers from the same thing. He's become really obsessed with serialization hmm. and really obsessed with like everything being like the next big step and the next big step, and now we're building to the next big finale. Right. It's got every to grow episode every has time. to be a part of that. And it's like, well, no, it doesn't. Because, like, the Sherlock Holmes original stories were never this, like, ongoing, huge, overarching narrative that all no. built up to this grand finale. It was like, no, they were just characters you'd like yeah. solving mysteries. Like, the yeah. majority of them are literal short stories that stand alone on their own. Yeah, yeah. 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 The, and because the charm of them. You can read exactly. any from any time yep. and you don't need the context from yeah, the previous exactly. ones. And and the cliffhangers in the first couple of seasons were good cliffhangers. Mm. Yes. Like they weren't just like, oh, how far can we top? The- we can yeah. go away. They were cliffhangers earned by the story. The cliffhangers at the end of the later seasons just feel literally just stuck on the end because it's like, mm. oh, we need to get people back again. Yeah. Whereas at least like the end of season one where they're in the pool and he points the gun at the bag and you go, right, well, this is actually part of the narrative. And yeah. The end of uh, season two, where he fucking falls off the roof and dies. You're like, mm. this is part of the narrative, and right. but yeah, I just think, you know, the, you know, the expression "jump the shark." Mm. I feel like Sherlock didn't just jump the shark; it became the shark. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ah, uh, yeah. Where's Quint when you need him? We're going to kill this shark. <laughs> I love you for making that analogy. So ultimately, yeah, my my main issue with season four is that it it goes against what you set up as the show, and it goes. Way too big. Ultimately, I reckon, I genuinely think it could have ended at season three, not with that last episode from season three, because that's when um, we learn Mary's yeah, a spy, yeah. right? And he shoots Magnuson. He shoots Magnuson, all that crap. The beginning of the end, because Magnuson was underused. He, yeah, he, he was, was underused, shooting. but as a villain, I really, I, I love the pissing in the fireplace. I love yeah. the, let me flick your eye. Yeah. I loved all of that stuff. Keep him for a bit longer. Well, I, I honestly reckon you could have, the wedding episode, while... It is definitely having a lot of fun, too much fun, arguably. I think it would have worked really well as a final episode. You see their relationship. You see how Sherlock's grown. At the end, you still have him walking away from the wedding because he still doesn't really fit in. And you even have some fun crimes like the soldier who has like the knife the, and the belt. Yeah. The, you know, you've yep, got all these yep, di- he's got all these different little crimes that come together in a really nice Sherlockian logical yep, way. Yep. And, yeah, it's a, it's taking the piss and Sherlock's being ultra, you know, weird Sherlock who doesn't realise he's being weird but everyone's laughing at him and all that sort of crap. And he's hitting on that girl so that he can use her in the next episode? Yeah, what exactly. the fuck, yeah. guys? But I honestly think that would have made a really nice last episode. It sort of sums up what the show was, how he's changed, but he walks away. He's still Sherlock. He's still a man alone as much as he's got best mate John over there. Anyway, my episode is pretty much I've just scrapped season four altogether. What a wise decision, Damo. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So basically I've scrapped season four. I've just tried to make an episode that to me feels more like an episode from season one or season two. 
I've got a bit of a resolution for him shooting Magnuson. Magnuson, thank you. But that's sort of it. Otherwise, it's just a Sherlock episode. Mads Mikkelsen's brother. Yes. Lars. Oh, oh. Lars and Mads. Yeah. They have another brother called Hans. Hans or? I don't know. Gruber? I, I don't know. I feel like I'm failing in my Mads knowledge here. <laughs> so, yeah. So, anyway, that's what, that's what I'm coming in with. Mads Matician. Sorry, Dave. You proud of that? I just knocked the mic, raising my hand to cover my face in exasperation at that. Uh, Damo, please continue. All right. So we open on 221B Baker Street. Sherlock's sort of like sitting alone in his normal chair. He looks like crap. He's slumped, hair's a mess, stains on the clothes, even one of his teeth is chipped, and beside him sits a mug full of needles. Quickly, before we keep going, because Go. it's going on from him shooting Magnuson, do we still have the did you miss me thing? I, I haven't included that. At all. Okay, so, cool. up to you, mate. Cool. Do you want to keep that? No. no? Okay. So basically, I have taken, obviously, he goes on a bender, rah, rah, rah. Because to me, I'm like, Sherlock, as much as he killed him for the right reasons, it still would have affected him because yeah, he's yeah. not a fucking superhero. And so- He's an incredibly fucked up human being. Right. So my reasoning is he's killed a man, he doesn't know how to cope with it, and that's what's got him onto the, the drugs. So he's, he's on- just high on life, Damo. <laughs> oh. Cheerful, cheerful little uh, Sherlock. So he's on a bender. And then as he's sitting, he's also talking. It kind of looks like he's talking to camera, but there's someone sitting opposite him. We just can't see who it is. And he's talking sort of like he's just sort of rambling on about like what promise he had as a kid. And we have a hard flashback to him shooting Magnuson. He's talking about his childhood. We see the shot again of Magnuson, how his parents were always so proud of him. Again, closer, more graphic. How they kept everything he ever did, every trophy, every prize. Cut to Magnuson sliding into a drawer at the morgue. Even my, and then Sherlock sort of mumbles something could hear it and passes out. Then we got to John's doctor's office. He's on his computer. He's writing a blog. We can see that it's about the Magnuson case and he's sort of having trouble ending it. We can see like the last line and it's sort of saying how one of Mycroft's men shot Magnuson, aiding in the cover-up. So I've still sort of kept that. But like John's sort of a bit conflicted because he's like, well, is that the right thing to do is to cover up, you know, Sherlock shooting someone? Then Mario opens the office door. John sort of panics and hurriedly like minimizes the window and pretends he's doing back to doctory stuff. I like that we've given John a job. It's about <laughs> fucking time, right? Because yeah, right. like originally, yeah, he was a doctor and Mary was like his nurse slash yeah. assistant, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, anyway, she just sort of smiles at him. He was sprung, and she tells him, "Oh, next patient is here. Problem with his?" And she like points down to to her crutch. John sighs. He's like, "Yeah, let him in." So I'm going to try to do a few voices here. These are probably not going to be great impressions. Let me make myself comfortable. All right. Is there anything like you, Vincent D'Onofrio? I'm on board. Yeah, they're, they're not quite as D'Onofrio as uh, I would like them to be. I was practicing on the drive over here and it, it wasn't the best. Anyway, <laughs> let's push on anyway. So after she tells him this, you know, next patient's got a crutchal problem. The shrine walks in. And John's like, oh, hello. Oh, uh, Greg. And then Lestrade's like, yeah, sorry to bust in on you like this, John. It's like, oh, no, no, no problem at all. Um, all right, well, take off your pants. What? Your pants? I need you to, um, you're having a problem with your... And John sort of like looks down at his crotch. Well, no, I, I just sort of tugs on his pants a bit. I just want to talk to you about Sherlock. From outside, we hear Mary laugh. Because, of course she does. Because that was, that was the Mary I liked. Yeah, yeah, you know, cool. If anything, she like beat them half the time. Yeah. Just because she wasn't as... You know, crazy obsessed with all their shit. Yeah, yeah, she's above it all. Yeah, yep, like it. Good. Also, Lestrade voice is pretty good. Yeah, it's a very on point. <laughs> uh, it's voice. a good Lestrade. 
Thank you. Thank you, Lutz. So, yeah, anyway, uh, John does his usual sort of frustrated John look. He's sort of very expressive as he does. And Lestrade's like, oh, can I have a seat? Of course. Yeah, yes, of course. They talk and we learn that Sherlock's basically pushed everyone away from him. He's sort of hit the drugs hard and they used to are at a loss of what to do. They sort of have a chat like, you know, should we try to get him a counsellor? Should we try all these this different things? And then Mary sort of just comes in from the doorway. She's like, ah, he just needs a case. And then they kind of look at each other like, oh, why didn't we think of that? <laughs> Again, I like the Mary that knows <laughs> yeah, what's going on. Right. <laughs> Mary sort of rolls her eyes and Lestrade's like, oh, I'll see what I can do. Then we, Watson's outside Baker Street. He's got a bit of trepidation. He brings his hand up to knock. He pauses. You know, does he want to see his friend like this? It's been a while since he's seen him. Raises his hand, so, trying to psych himself up. Then just before he knocks, the door opens and Sherlock is busting out. Oh, John, good. I was just about to text. We've got a case. Then Sherlock just bustles John into a waiting cab and they're off. Nice. Cool. Cool. I like this theme song than... comes booming in. Theme song comes <laughs> <in>. <laughs> Much better. Uh, I, was playing, I was playing the drums okay, that the come in at the right, start. Right, 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 right. Fuck you both. <laughs> uh, so they're in the cab. John starts to question Sherlock about the case that he's dragging him to, but he sort of stops when he sees Sherlock's chipped tooth. And Sherlock's, he's still manic. He's still like a bit crazy Sherlock on the drugs. And John's like, Sherlock, your tooth's chipped. Your tooth's chipped. Wonderful powers of observation, John. How do you chip it? Does it matter? No, but you haven't been to the dentist? Obviously not. Sherlock's clearly not that really willing to talk about it. John looks out the window for a beat, then he sort of asks, uh, So what did Greg say about this case? Who? Lestrade. Oh, is your name really Greg? <laughs> then Fuck. Watson's like, Yes? Oh, nothing. This isn't from him. <laughs> and then Watson's just like, Well, what is it then? We cut to Sherlock's parents' home. John and Sherlock enter the small kitchen where Mama and Papa Holmes, as well as Mycroft, sit at the table. Mycroft makes a comment about, you know, he's so pleased to see Sherlock manage to make it out of the house, sort of that arrogant way that he does. Can we just, just while you're on Mycroft, yeah. talk about how that, like, I don't know how to say his name, but as much as Stephen Moffat is a fuckhead, is it Gatti? Mark Gattis. Mark Gattis. Mark Gattis. Yeah. I've made him French. Um, he's just as bad because... He's written his own character with oh, all yeah. of the good shit. <laughs> Mycroft was excellent when he was in like five minutes of an episode here or there. He's in every episode. And of, heavily. Yeah. Heavily mm. in every episode yeah. too. Oh, that yeah. whole bit where he's sacri- oh, it's just It literally just feels like an actor playing a character being like, I want the good parts. Yeah, but again, like, you know, Mycroft in the first season was sort of like peppered throughout it and mm. then he was reasonably well received. Mm. Yep. And suddenly Moffat and Gaddis were like, Yes, more, right. more of him. Because he's, he's about in every episode. Oh, yeah. He's and in every episode of season A major role four, in every episode. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas in the original stories, I think Mycroft turned up like once or twice. And, and he's usually just a fuckhead as well. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. I, yeah, anyway. Yeah. They also make him like fucking God. Yeah, that's the thing. They're all they're when all, they they need him to too powerful. Be. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. What can you do? I can turn the king into a frog, Sherlock. <laughs> Trust me. Well, yeah, so they, they come into the parents' house and we learn that there's been a break-in into the house, which is what the case is. So Sherlock comes in and him and Mycroft sort of start bickering over who's going to solve the case, sort of Mycroft, yeah, with the mind of the British government and Sherlock with his deduction and that sort of stuff, the usual sort of bickering they have. And then John, meanwhile, tries to do something useful and he tries to take a list from Sherlock's parents of the things that were taken, but nothing that they can really tell has been taken, just that the door was busted open and that even it was the back door, they hardly use it. They don't know how long it's even been like that for. Was it an east wind? <laughs> it definitely was not. <laughs> Thank wind. God. In I was my like, version, oh. there is no forgotten sister. 
Because this isn't a soap opera. Also, why the fuck wouldn't Sherlock's parents bring up Sherlock's sister to Sherlock at any point in his life? Yeah, it's like what they just forgot to mention and Sherlock. No, no, no. Mycroft, Mycroft, like, used his, like, really influential government powers that he had at age fucking 10 to make the parents shut up. Uh, Anyway, anyway. Oh, no, no. I'm going to go in one more deviation. The the sister basically had magical powers to put people under her sway. Uh, Yeah. She put the whole jail. Like, this is a logical show. The whole point of this show is that there is always an answer and it's logical and it comes together. Yep. She just took over the prison yep. with her psychic abilities. What the She fuck? was at once a, bi- a bisexual, so she's probably okay. really powerful, her, her, Bono. Her special psychic yeah, bisexual her, her powers. Psychic sexuality. Every, once you become bisexual, you naturally get those psychic no, abilities. I mean, that's the reason. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know if you are bisexual <laughs> and you have now gained... Psychic abilities like Sherlock's bullshit yeah. system. Try not to use it to create a sore type situation, but just, just let us and know. And if it's not the case, tell Stephen Moffat because he clearly needs to know. Yeah, <laughs> someone needs to tell him. So Sherlock comes in. He sort of starts going through each room of his house. He's doing a Sherlock thing where he's like all the different bits are coming up and like, yeah, everything's in its place. So he hasn't even noticed anything different while he's sort of scanning for clues until he comes into his bedroom. And we go in and it's it's... Very much like his room at the house. There's sort of like papers everywhere and old experiments. So like the idea that he was kind of like that as a kid. And then there's like a trophy corner where his parents have sort of put all these little trophies and ribbons that I'm guessing he got at a young age. And so he looks on there and that's when his brain detects beep, 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 something's missing. He sort of has this little outline of a rectangle. And there's a photo that used to be there of him like winning a science ward or some shit like that that's gone. Sounds like an obsessed sister to me. <laughs> I don't know. Was the back door facing the east? There's sh- no fucking east wind, all okay. right? All right. Uh, That's what someone who's going to put the east wind in their show would say. Yeah. Okay. Well, just, just wait, all right? So Who he keeps scanning and there's also, he notices also like this small box or he sort of sees uh, uh, in the dust, there's sort of this spot where he, clearly there's something sitting, but it's not something that he can remember putting there. So he goes to his parents and sort of says, oh, look, there's something here missing. What was it? They don't really remember. As soon as this happens, he's, he's sure it's all about him. This breaking was clearly Sherlock, you know, involved somehow. Maybe it was. Maybe this is how you could fit the Moriarty thing. Maybe it was Moriarty posthumous. Maybe this was his plan if we do want to include that, you know. He's just certain of it as soon as he realises something's been taken from his bedroom. And then as soon as he mentions Moriarty's name, maybe he gets a text. Him and John both get a text. They look at it. They sort of freak out. But it's just Lestrade and he has a case for them. <laughs> What would be, be really nice is instead of doing the did you miss me, Sherlock's like, it's Moriarty. And John's like, mm, he's fucking yeah, dead. Yeah, that's good. There's no even reason for no, it. No, no. Yeah. It's like, it has to be Moriarty. He has to have survived death. That's ridiculous. He's oh, yeah. If it's, if it's Moriarty, he'll have some connection. I bet you something yeah. weird will happen right now. Yeah. No, and then like both that. their phones go off and they're both like, oh, my God. Oh, it's just Lestrade. Ah, it's Lestrade. Okay. You could even have another joke. Oh, it's just Greg. Yeah. Who? Sherlock just <laughs> blank. Lestrade. Oh, oh right. Yeah. Greg. <laughs> I think Eurus would be a name that would suit him a lot <laughs> yeah, better. Is, is Greg even a name? <laughs> so they arrive at this real sort of grand old manor in the English countryside. It's, it's like something from Downton Abbey. Sherlock and John enter and they meet Lestrade who introduces them to Reginald Musgrave. So I've got him being played by Tom Bennett. Do you know guys who know who Tom no. Bennett is? What's you, Tom Bennett Have in? you seen Family Tree? It's a Chris O'Dowd show. Have you seen Love and Friendship based on the Jane Austen? No. Oh, you guys let me down. Life on the Road. The David Brent one. So basically he's this English comedic actor. He's genuinely hilarious. He's really good. He does like the dumb but happy guy character kind of really well. 
So that's, and that's kind of who this character is. His, his family's really old. They have sort of connections to the monarchy, but this guy himself is a bit simple. I'm literally just kind of stealing his character from um, Love and Friendship. And he's very excited by Sherlock Holmes being in his manor. Lestrade sort of comes in. He's like, I bet he did it. <laughs> like, this is Reginald Musgrave. No, it's Euros. <laughs> it's, it's not weird. fucking Euros. No, it's Moriarty. <laughs> We actually don't even know what it is yet. <laughs> Someone stole that rectangle of Sherlock. Uh, Lestrade's like, this is Reginald Musgrave, and this is Musgrave sort of cuts him off. Sherlock Holmes, oh, in my house. Unbelievable. He's like, oh, I would have committed a crime to make that happen. Then it's sort of like an awkward silence. Oh, but no, I, I, I didn't. And he sort of said, Lestrade, should I, should I show him? Yeah. Musgrave takes him through to the library where he starts telling them in excessive detail this story with Sherlock sort of like hurrying him up the whole time because he's, he's antsy from the drugs and he's getting bored. But Musgrave still like happily just tells his tale. And so the story is he's got the big house, he's got all these staff and butlers and maids and all this sort of stuff. And then last Thursday night he, he woke up in the middle of the night and went out to the library at like 2 in the morning and uh, he came across the maid in the library and she was looking at one of his documents. So he sort of was, this is weird. So he sort of busts in. He's like, how dare you? And sort of tells her off, you know, you shouldn't be in here, rah, rah, rah. Very proud of himself that he did this. And then basically the thing she was looking at was this thing called the Musgrave ritual. It's sort of this ceremonial document that's just been passed down through the generations of Musgraves for centuries, has no real practical use whatsoever. And then after that, he told the maid, yeah, you've got like one day, I want you out of here. You're clearly like trying to rob me or snoop around, whatever. And so the next night, the maid and one of his butlers both just disappear and they don't show up for a few days. So that's when Musgrave finally called in a missing persons case. Sherlock naturally tells Musgrave, you're an idiot. Clearly the Musgrave ritual is, is sort of uh, involved in somehow. Musgrave's pretty just delighted that Sherlock's talking to him at all. So Sherlock looks at the ritual and this is how it goes. Whose was it? His whose is gone. Who shall have it? He who will come. Where was the sun? Over the oak. Where was the shadow? Under the elm. How was it stepped? North by ten and by ten. East by five and by five. South by two and by two. West by one and by one. And so under. What shall we give for it? All that is ours. What shall we give it? For the sake of the trust. So Sherlock's sort of thinking about it. He hasn't quite, like, he doesn't immediately figure it. I know the word out. east in there. <sighs> I'm going to fucking lose it. <laughs> I would I would pay a large sum of money to see the normally pleasant demo lose it. I think we can get in there. Do you reckon? Continue unmolested demo. I don't want to hear East Wind. Did you say unmolested or unwested, which is the opposite of East? Oh. Did I? Oh. I don't know. <laughs> Continue. I'm sorry. He's not angry. He's disappointed and it's worse. <laughs> I know. It's so it's much worse. So bad. <laughs> All right. So John and Sherlock start searching the house for clues. They sort of look at Musgrave's room first and he's sort of he's yammering on in the background. He sort of tells them, oh, it still feels weird sleeping in there as it was his father's room for so long. His father just died a few months ago. Nothing seems to be stolen. There are these weird sort of like rings drilled into the wall above the bed that John sort of asked Musgrave about, but he doesn't know. Oh, that was Daddy's room. I never was allowed in sort of a thing. And there was Daddy's room. I, I didn't go in there. <laughs> yeah. Sherlock like sort a Daddy's of... room in a Fifty Shades of Grey house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I wish you hadn't said that. <laughs> continue, continue, continue. Okay, continue. So I'm not going to say I'm molested because... I'm molested. Or because of the room. Yeah, yeah, no, that was what I was angling uh, towards, but okay. now I look like 
a fool. A bad person. So Sherlock seems to know something about these rings, but he doesn't mention it because he's Sherlock. He's, you know, keeping all the cards to himself. They look in the maid's room and the butler's room. The maid's room is very neat and tight. She was clearly ready to go in a hurry. The butler's room is the opposite. It was messy. It was lived in. And Sherlock sort of deducts that this man wasn't intending to leave. He, and then he's searching through the room, finds this small sort of white object next to this boot print, and he thinks it's bone. He throws it to John and goes, looks to be bone, John. And John sort of looks at him and goes, ah, oh, I would say part of a tooth. And a sort of revelation comes over him. He's like, oh, Sherlock, tooth. Could mean he was in a fight. Sherlock? But who? Could be the maid, although she, was she strong enough to chip a tooth? Sherlock! What? John holds up the tooth and we can see that it matches almost perfectly with a chip in Sherlock's tooth. <laughs> of course it does. Oh. Cut to Sherlock in the police station interrogation room. Across from him sit Lestrade and John. And so Lestrade starts off, he's like, right, well, this is weird. <laughs> Sherlock's sort of confused. He's like, you're interrogating a suspect. What's weird about that? You do that all the time. Lestrade's like, yeah, but not usually to a, you know, he's sort of looking for the word friend. <laughs> Sherlock stares at him, nothing. John's just, he's not going to get it. Sherlock, superior detective? (laughs) Lestrade's like, friend, Sherlock. Oh, right, yeah. Lestrade's like, anyway, might as well get a few questions out of the way until the lab can tell us whether that tooth is yours or not. Sherlock's like, oh, if we must. Sort of gets out his phone, starts looking at it. We can see he's got a photo of the Musgrave ritual, sort of paying way more attention to that than the actual interrogation. Lestrade starts off, he's like, all right, where were you two nights ago? Sherlock completely distracted. Where was the sun? Sort of reading off the, the <laughs> phone. Where were you two nights ago? Where was the Where sun? Where was the sun? John sort of, Sherlock! Sherlock's like, oh, oh, I have no idea. John rolls his eyes. Lestrade's like, what do you mean you have no idea? Sherlock's still distracted. He's like, oh, I'd injected a substantial amount of cocaine that night, which rendered my short-term <laughs> memory completely inert. <laughs> John's like, oh, that's, that's helpful. Lestrade continue, tries to continue on anyway. He's like... Did you know Mr. Brunton? Sherlock's who? Lestrade's the butler. Oh, no. Lestrade continues. What about the maid, Rachel Howes? Sherlock figures something out from his phone. He's like, of course. Lestrade takes that as he's going, he did know the maid. He's like, <laughs> he did. What? I don't know. What did she look like? Lestrade, we haven't been able to figure that out yet. Sherlock stands. No matter. We can ask Musgrave once we get back to the manor. I need to go back to there now. Lestrade's like, oh, hold on. I'm not done yet. <laughs> Sherlock rolls his eyes, sort of ready to give an arrogant monologue. Like, this is a waste of time. Either I'm a part of this or I'm not. Either way, my skills are wasted sitting here, whereas at the manor I can be of some use. John's like, oh, what do you mean? Sherlock strides from the room. I've solved the Musgrave ritual. Cut to John, Sherlock, and Reginald Musgrave standing in front of this large oak tree. The sun centred behind it, and they stare up at it for a few moments in silence before Musgrave asks, uh, why are we looking at a tree? <laughs> Sherlock just completely ignores the question instead asks him how long like, the ritual's been around for. Musgrave answers, oh, I think it's been around since like the Norman conquest. Did you say the sun was rising? Yeah, it was above the tree. The sun rises in the mm-hmm. east, doesn't it? It does. Sherlock yeah. looks up to the tree and we see a measurement rule up next to it in his mind that climbs to the top of the tree. And he can see that it's around 23 feet. <laughs> Sherlock's sort of talking to himself. Yes. How far away is the east? Is it 23 feet away? That's my phone. <laughs> Check this. Sherlock says to himself, yes, that's about right. And then asked Musgrave, are there any elm trees on the property? Musgrave, oh, well, there used to be one over here. He points to this old stump. But it got struck by lightning. We had to cut it down. Sherlock's, any others? Oh, no. We've got some beech trees, though. Sherlock rolls his eyes at his idiocy and quickly strolls towards the stump. Musgrave asks John, he doesn't like beech trees? John sort of says, not today. (laughs) 
<laughs> they follow Sherlock sure. over the stump. And he's sort of thinking, he's sort of saying again to himself, oh, I suppose it's impossible to find out how high the tree was. Musk goes, perks up. He's like, oh, I know that. My old tutor used to make me find the heights of trees around the property to practice trigonometry. John and Sherlock look at him. Musgrave's like, what? He's waiting. What are, you, what are you looking at me for? It's <laughs> like, how high was it? Oh, oh, it's about 64 feet. Then Sherlock asks him, did Miss Howes ever ask you about the size of the tree? And Musgrave's like, yeah, yeah, she did actually. Oh, why's that? Sherlock doesn't answer. He's just like, as I thought, I'll need a peg and some string. Still clueless, Musgrave's like, oh, great. They look at him again. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll go get it, shall I? <laughs> Cuts to Sherlock, walking from the shadow of the oak tree towards where the elm was, and explains how the part of the ritual mentions oak, elm, and shadows was a measurement. Sherlock measures the shadow of the oak and explains, based on that, he can work out what the shadow of the elm tree would have been, and he starts to measure that out too. Once he gets to the tip of where the elm tree shadow should have been, he goes to plant his stake in and finds there's another hole there from someone who has recently planted a stake in the same spot. He then starts pacing out steps, occasionally turning left and right as he follows the Musgrave ritual's instructions. Musgrave and John sort of follow him. Musgrave is delighted. Couldn't be happier. (laughs) They end up in this sort of old stone passageway and Sherlock stops. He's sort of thinking, oh, it should be here. Then John says, and under Sherlock, which is part of the ritual. Sherlock's like, right, to Musgrave. Salah? Musgrave's like, oh, yes. Points to a nearby staircase. They head down and open this cellar. The first thing that hits them is this horrible smell Clearly there's a dead body around somewhere. The room looks like it hasn't been used for ages. There's like dust and debris everywhere except for this old flagstone in the middle of the room that has this ring sticking from it, the idea that you can pull it up. Sherlock turns to Musgrave. He's like, now might be a good time to call the police because I think we've found our butler. Cut to two police officers are pulling away the flagstone and they reveal, sure enough, the dead body of the butler. He's got this big head wound, but underneath him they find an empty chest. Whatever was in it must have been taken, hence the reason it's empty, presumably by the maid. Here I've got a bit of a blank spot. I didn't really know how to fill this out. Basically, they, they're kind of, John and Sherlock are investigating the maid and trying to find stuff out about Rachel Howes, but can't really find anything. Again, like, you want to flesh this out, but there's also probably some sort of montage about Sherlock trying to solve his parents' break-in throughout all this, but he's sort of not really getting you anywhere. And we sense that... Is he also coming down off the drugs? Like, is this the nice moment where you have, like, John's, like, trying to look after him as he's sure. coming off being on heroin for ages? Uh, yeah, yeah, let's throw that in. I oh. mean, it's not, it's not my pitch, but, yeah, that's, that's probably good. Like do I said, you, like, there's a bit of a blank spot here, so anything you feel can do get you thrown have the, in. Like, so while they're trying to, so maybe he's, like, focusing on the maid case, and then while they're, like, solving the maid case, he's, like, phone rings, he just, like, uh, hangs up, like, throws it away. Hmm. John's phone rings and he just grabs the phone, looks at it, throws it away as well. And John's like, what, what are you doing? And he's like, it's my mum. She wants to know about the break-in. And I don't have any ideas. <laughs> like, and maybe you do it again and, like, they're doing something else and it's like, we need to go into these archives mm. and they go to a library and they can't log in. And mm. restricted. He's like, why is that been restricted? He goes, Mycroft, mum's talking to him. He wants to know if we know anything about the thing. <laughs> yeah, well, I, don't know. I don't have any leads <laughs> yeah, yet. Okay. Like, so yeah. maybe that's the, the running yes. gag of that is that. His parents, as well as him, getting like more annoyed that he can't figure it out. Because this is a simple crime, but he can't figure it out. Yeah, and we also get like a bit of a sense. John is actually getting more and more because they found this tooth fragment from Sherlock. He's like Sherlock, but what were you doing that night? You know, and Sherlock sort of says, "Well, I remember talking to someone, but that's kind of all he can really like that hazy memory from the start." So, have they confirmed the tooth fragment with Sherlock's yet? They haven't yet. No. Okay. Cool. Is it is it also a case of that he's like? 
on any given day. It's not even drugs. It's mm. like, oh, it was irrelevant, so I don't remember. Mm. Because there's yeah, that, there's that yeah. great bit in, the, I think, the second episode or the third episode of that of the first season when he doesn't know about this, like, basic astronomy because it's yeah, not important yeah. to him. Yeah, yes. yeah. But it, it's like he doesn't know that the sun goes, <laughs> goes the around. planets go around the sun, <laughs> right, not yeah, the other yeah. way around. <laughs> yes. Um, but, we, yeah, we get the sense that John is actually starting to worry that, fuck, maybe Sherlock did have something to do with this. Like, he shot Magnuson... Who knows what he might be capable yeah. of? There's like there's like more little breadcrumbs that could point exactly, to Sherlock. Exactly. Yeah. Like maybe cool. he was seen getting off like a train near right. where the manor is. Or something. And we even sense that Sherlock's sort of getting a bit antsy too. He can't solve either case. He John he knows he sort of gets the feeling that John's suspecting him. Even he's maybe starting to doubt himself a little bit. I don't know. But they go back to the. It sort of gets to the point where they're like Sherlock is losing. It's like we must have missed something. We need to go back to the manor. So they go back to the manor. Him and Watson to try to find some other clue because. He can't figure it out. But while they're there, that's when they get the test results. Like um, Lestrade rings up and he's like, yeah, the fragmented tooth was definitely Sherlock's. So then John turns to him and he's like, Sherlock, you know, the tooth's yours. And Sherlock's trying to make excuses for it. He's like, well, maybe it was 3D printed or something. And John's like, no, they've aged it. It was They've even done like the aging thing on it. They know it's 39 years old. And Sherlock's like, well, maybe it was a coincidence. And John's like, you know better than anyone, there are no coincidences. And then something hits Sherlock. He's like, you're right. And John's devastated. He's like, fuck, was that a confession? Has he remembered something that he did this? But then Sherlock's like, what? No, not about me. Like, you're not right about me. You're right about the case. He's basically saying, you're right about there being no consequences. Someone set me up. Someone wanted me to work this case. You? He sort of looks at John. He's like, no. Well, obviously you and Lestrade wanted me to work a case since you found a missing persons when Lestrade worked in homicide. Someone else. <laughs> Mycroft, maybe? No, too nice for him. He sort of thinks, then something hits him. He rushes over to Musgrave and shows him a photo on his phone. He says, ask him, is this the maid? And it's a photo of Irene Adler. Oh, motherfucker! Oh. Irene Adler dressed in dominatrix gear. And Musgrave's like, oh, oh, yes. Oh, she was never dressed like that, though. <laughs> oh, holy shit. Like, There's only a couple of people this could be. Is Tamar about to blow my mind? <laughs> the answer holy is Holy yes. fucking shit. So then he turns to Watson. He's like, you said that tooth fragment is 39 years old. He's like, I may be 39, but my teeth, my adult teeth are not. Sherlock pulls out his phone and calls someone. We cut to a phone ringing, a hand, female, picks it up. We see it's attached to Irene Adler. And Sherlock just asks her, you stole my baby teeth from my parents' house. <laughs> oh, that's fucking great. Oh, that's so good. Oh. Oh, it's just good because it's a mystery. It's not inside its own self. Oh, fuck. Self-referential enough to be okay, though. Continue unmolested. All right. And it's like, Sherlock, don't you remember? Cut back to Sherlock, and he's in the chair where we first saw him. He's mumbling away about how his parents kept all his, his trophies, his ribbons, and the last thing he sort of mumbles is, even my baby teeth. Then John wants to know what's going on, and he's like, it's Irene Adler, and John... It's like she's alive because at this point he still thought she was dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. And Sherlock's yep. like, yes, you know, catch up, John, sort of thing. <laughs> Obviously. And then Sherlock starts to explain. He explains how Irene must have worked as a dominatrix for Musgrave's father, hence the rings above the bed. <laughs> how she must have seen the ritual and realised that it led to something important. She came back as a maid after the father died and figured it out. But then Musgrave sprung her, so she had to get it quickly. The door was too heavy because we saw the two cops pulling on it earlier. She couldn't do it by herself, so she got the butler involved. And then Sherlock sort of stops, except he doesn't know what happens next. Then Irene, who's been listening on the other end of the phone, takes over. She goes, except you called me. I went over to see you and you were a mess. 
Flash to Sherlock sitting in the room looking like a complete mess. Nice, nice. And then Sherlock goes, so the butler tried to get it himself. Then Irene continues, yes, by the time I got back to the manor, he was dead. He must have managed to lift the stone but wasn't strong enough to keep it up, so it fell on his head. Oh, Luckily, his oh. body had wedged the door open enough that I was able to receive my prize. Then I realised I could kill two birds with one stone, so to speak, steal the treasure and give Sherlock the case that he so obviously needed. Fuck, that's good. So she oh, broke into shit. his parents' house, took the baby teeth, sort of altered one to look like the chip that Sherlock had in his mouth, then left it in the butler's room. She's like, I think it was only a matter of time before his disappearance was noted and I wanted to assure Sherlock was on the case. Then John's like, wait, what was the prize? And then Sherlock answers the question. He goes, the ancient crown of the kings of London. And then that's exactly what it is. Cause, and then Sherlock continues explaining, consider what the ritual says. How does it run? Whose was it? His who is gone. This was back in the Middle Ages after the execution of King Charles. Then it continues on to say, who shall have it? He who will come. Charles II, who never actually came because they got he, he never Because he never got back into the country. Exactly. Yeah, yes. he, he's hid in France. Oh, this is – fuck your good, Damien. So it's basically – Using your full name. That's how impressed I am. <laughs> <laughs> so basically the Musgrave ritual died in secret with no one ever knowing what it was hiding and just got passed down descendant to descendant without them ever knowing the meaning of it until – and then Irene says, me. Then Sherlock goes, one more thing. Why did you take the photo? And so the other rectangly thing was this photo. And we see her looking at this photo of baby Sherlock, <laughs> dressed like a nerd or something, I don't know. Probably a pirate. Like <laughs> a pirate. No, uh, no, we don't want no. any connection to it at all. So. No. His, I, I imagine it's just he's like so stoic as like a four-year-old. <laughs> yeah. that's, what, that's what annoyed me is that he was whimsical. I don't imagine Sherlock no, ever right. being whimsical <laughs> yeah. in his no, but life. Mate, he was whimsical before he was traumatised by his sister killing his best mate and convincing yeah. him it was the dog. Uh, that didn't happen. Um, no, there's, oh, don't you know the there's no this? baby sister I don't in know, this fucking been photograph. There's too many references to the East in this pitch for me to... Uh, Are you sure it's Irene Adler and not Irene... Eastler, I will hit you. Okay, I'm going to stop. <laughs> so he asked, yeah, why the photo? She basically says, I couldn't resist. <laughs> and then Sherlock says, I don't suppose you'd be giving the crown back then. Irene says, if you can find me, maybe. Sherlock says, the game is on. Then Musgrave goes, amazing. <laughs> he said the thing. He said the thing. <laughs> Cut to Baker Street. Uh, Mrs. Hudson's sort of like in the back room and John's dragging Sherlock in. He's doped up. Mrs. Hudson's like, oh, no, Sherlock. I'd hoped he was all over that by now. That's a, great That's a really good. It's <laughs> an eerily good. That was easily the, my best one out of all of them. Boy, Hudson and Lestrade have been Mrs. Hudson, <laughs> though. It's the way you said Sherlock. Can you do it again? Oh, Sherlock. Oh. Is it wrong that I have a bit of a semi? You've got a semi over a guy your age doing an impression of a middle age, uh, very old woman. Yeah, that's a bit wrong. You know what? No, I'm oh, okay, I can see it. Now. I, can see I don't want to be right. <laughs> <laughs> that's wrong. So she, he comes in, he's all doped up, John's dragging him, and he's like, oh, no, he's, he's over that. He's just been to the dentist. And then Sherlock, like a big uh, cheesy grin, and his tooth has been fixed. And John's like, they had to use the strong stuff. He was a squirmer. End episode. <laughs> Damo. Good. Do you know what's great about that? What's that, buddy? I'm happy. Me too. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy. It was a mystery and it ended and I'm happy. And had like a little bit, like, because that's one thing that like I've always been like, is Irene Adler ever coming back? Yeah. Is it ever going to like, because, you know, they've, they've alluded to her. but She, she gets never that really... passing bullshit mention in season yeah, four. Yeah, no, go fuck yourself. Yeah, she messages me on my birthday. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> I just, you know, where was where was the East Wind is the only there thing. Were, oh, like, see, that's the thing. There was no fucking East Wind. <laughs> nah. I'm on board. I'm on board right. with that. 100%. Good. Loved it. Yeah, loved it. So like I said, there was a few, there's a few blank spots in the middle. You well, I think we have a few red herrings. I mean, based like, on one of the original stories? It is. So Musgrave Ritual was the original story. Yep. So I sort of stole the general beats from that. And so what happens in the original? I haven't read that one, but what? Much of what I've written. Cool. Um, except it's obviously way back in Victorian times. And it's not Iron Adler who's It's not Iron Adler. It's actually the, the butler. The, I've swapped the maid and the butler around. Yeah. So okay. basically the maid. So in quintessential Sherlock style. Right. Just swapping yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the maid had, had um, what had happened? I'm trying to remember now. I think the butler, they did find the The butler, butler did it is basically the that. butler did it, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And I'm like, oh, I don't want that. But, no, the, the butler was the one caught reading the ritual. He did go off and brain himself on the. And then the maid stumbles along and finds the treasure. Yeah. Well, actually, no, he actually, he gets the maid to help him, but even the two of them together aren't strong enough. So he still brains himself. And she's like, oh, shit, he just died. <laughs> Then steals the crown. And fucks off. Well, then, no, then she panics and throws it in this lake near the house and they end up drudging it up and not knowing what it is and at the end it's revealed to be the crown. But I knew I wanted Ad- Irene Adler in there. Yeah, no, that was, that was a good little reveal. Yeah, that was, absolutely. That was, that, but that was yeah. old school Sherlock in that the yes. mystery is self-contained but there's enough little snippets. Sherlock behaves like Sherlock. Yes. John behaves like John. None of the characters behave like... It's just good. Yes. <laughs> Stephen Moffat... You're fired. <laughs> Damo, you're hired. Oh, look, thanks, buddy. <sighs> but no, like, I, because that was the thing, like, I wanted to go back to a complete story in and of itself. Yeah. I wanted, like, it was probably, it could have at times been too much fun, but he was also getting over drug addiction. So maybe, yeah, no, I mean, there was, there, there, was, like, there was way to it, but also, like, Sher- Sherlock is still mystery. fun. Yeah. Like, Sherlock's well, fun. Well, that's it. And, like, the, the last season didn't feel that fun. The problem is ever. that, like, it just seems to have this, like, really enormous binary between being like goofy and really dark. Yeah. And it doesn't seem to hit that like that sweet middle ground. That sweet middle ground that it used to hit. It's so like that really dumb bit in the second episode of 4 where Hudson shows up with Sherlock in the boot and he predicted everything. Yeah. Uh, so that's dumb. It's yeah. too far. Yeah. And again, Hated it's that. it's never they stop the logic. Sherlock's just amazing Sherlock. And like especially that first episode of season 4, shit's happening and Sherlock's yeah figuring out a whole bunch of different things. And they, they just allude to all of it. They never actually tell you how he's yeah. doing on him. And that really pissed me off. This is a show about logic. This is a show about all the elements coming together. It wasn't there. There's was no deduction. Yeah. The humor had been stripped away. John was bleak. You know what I mean? Like, it just, it just went is in the silver wrong... fox, though? Is it? Because that was great. Martin, Martin Freeman is oh. a silver fox. <laughs> yeah. Oh. All of your obsession with Martin What do you Freeman mean? What fox? don't you get? He's been a silver fox for a while. He was a, wasn't he a silver fox in fucking yeah, Civil but War? It's, but it's so slicked back in this. Yeah, line. but it's like John. Yeah, but he's got short hair in Civil War and he's yeah. American. Yeah. This yeah. is John Watson with silver Who hair. Cares? It's doing things for me, Gabe. It's doing things for me. Was, was, his, uh, was his totally retrofitted personality doing things for you as well? Nope, that was bad. That was not That was right. very bad. You're a slut for hair, Tom. Sure I'm. <laughs> no, look fair. I'm a slut for <laughs> hair. Oh, All right. right. All right. Yeah. yeah. I'll put that on a t-shirt for you, mate. Can you? I mean, that should, yeah, that should be the hashtag that goes with this episode. <laughs> hashtag sluts for hair. Yeah, yeah go on. Why not? Found it. Anyway. Because obviously that's going to be the Sherlock hashtag. Yeah. I mean, that show does feature some amazing hair. Mrs. Hudson. Oh, can, you, can you do the voice? Mrs. Hudson can you do the voice by Damien Oh, Sherlock. Boy. I've also got a oh John locked <laughs> oh, away there. Yep. She's a bit more just, scornful just, on the John. She's a bit yeah. a lot more scornful just on give the it, John. Just give it but one or two more. Oh Sherlock. 
I think we need to wrap this episode up because Gabe's making me uncomfortable. On that note, <laughs> I've been Damien. I've been Tom. <laughs> I've been Gabe. And if you have any ideas or thoughts on the Sherlock episode or the Sherlock TV series, hit us up on at sanspants at gmail.com. Uh, yes. It was a mismatch I of fucking, both our Twitter uh, handle and our email address. Yeah, that's how I do them. Yeah, um, so the email is sanspantsradio at gmail.com and the Twitter's at sanspantsradio. Yes. Yeah, you got it. Uh, and if you want to hit us up on our individual Twitter handles, I'm at Midday Pajamas. I'm at Awkward Treed. I'm at Goberg Moser. That's done. That's Game's done. on. Thanks for listening. If you want to help support the show, why not become a member at sanspantsplus.com and get early access to our shows, a bunch of exclusive content, and much, much more. That's sanspantsplus.com.